From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hello, 2P fam, and welcome to episode 24. 24! We hope you're doing well. How are you? How's life going? Is the year going to end well for you? Let us know. Let us know. Yes, I hope everyone's <laughs> doing well. And if the year has sucked, at least it's almost over. Over, yeah. So, you get to but I hope it hasn't. Right. Okay. All right. So, oh, and yeah, catch up, because mm-hmm. we're almost done with yes. the season. There's only two more episodes to go, so make sure you catch up so you can join us for the little finale exactly <laughs> in real time, <laughs> You're right. in quotes. Exactly. Okay, okay so let's get going. Okay, and with that, straight into the news, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So, in the news this week, a From Plains Cattle Ranch is helping to end clashes. Mm-hmm. So... Within the last week or two, the government commissioned a, or opened, actually, it was more than commissioned, well, it's been opened, a yeah. cattle ranch in the Wawase area, so that's also in the Fram Plains, right. to help curb clashes between nomadic herdsmen and farmers. And there's a plan to open three more cattle ranches in Furi Furi, mm-hmm. Chemfe, and Amang. Mm-hmm. all in the Fram Plains area, to help tamp down hostilities between the two groups, which rec- as recently of October last year led to uh, the death of nine people yeah. in the Kwewe area and displaced hundreds who were fearing for their lives. Right. Okay. So this thing has, um, they hope to get 3,000 cattle in this first ranch hmm. and, and more. So just to give you context for this issue which is like ongoing and has been ongoing for For many years not just in Ghana but I think the most acute example right now would be in Nigeria Nigeria I'm going to give you a couple of you know a scenario of what's going on in Nigeria and then we'll bring it back so in June this year 200 people in Plateau State died due to um violence between farmers and herdsmen. And also in Benway State in January, 73 people got killed, um, you know, over similar conflicts. Now, what what is causing all this mostly is because you have culturally nomadic Fulani herdsmen Mm -hmm. who are used to open grazing and facing... In the, of course, they're usually in the northern regions, which have become increasingly de- desert desertified. Yeah. Oh, gosh, desertified, <laughs> whatever. So they've moved, migrated further south to graze their cattle. cattle. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, when they get further south, they then encounter landed farming communities. And so they drive their cattle to graze and end up destroying, destroying farms and yes. livelihoods. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the farmers get annoyed and either, in some cases, kill the cattle they find mm-hmm. or, like, steal them and so forth. And then the Fulani herdsmen, in retribution, and they all seem to be armed for some reason mm-hmm. because, I don't know, there's some vague ties to Boko Haram or right. in some cases. Mm-hmm. But somehow they all seem to be heavily armed and then they come and attack the villages and, like, murder mm-hmm. people. And it's a similar situation happening in Ghana where, you know, nomadic Fulani herdsmen are driving their cattle onto people's properties and killing and, you know, ending up destroying the farms. So in my mind, and this is where I think maybe it would be beneficial to have guests come in Mm -hmm. because I'm at a loss as to what what moral high ground any Fulani husband is standing on. Like, your argument is what? You should be allowed to, to destroy graze everywhere. my farm? No, or what? can't hold. Mm-hmm. Like, every, if I want to start a farm, I have to go buy land and farm. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you want to rear cattle or be a cattle rancher, you should be able... You have to go buy land to rear your cattle on. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what is done everywhere, everywhere else. Absolutely. And it's not like, you know, that this is like, oh, um... I'm one man and I own one cow and I milk it. This you is have, yeah. So people own two, three, four hundred 
heads of cattle mm. and they sell them. That's your business. Yep. So first of all, why are my taxes? Because I was looking for some numbers about these ranches. I oh. saw something like fifty million dollars or, mm. or so, like I saw some very large number and I can't find it now. Um, but I saw a huge number. So again, why am I paying for you to house your cattle? cattle. I don't. Mm. I don't really. They understand. should be able to find a way of feeding their, their, their cattle, isn't it? Should it not be? If you have a chicken farm, you go, you get your chicken, chicken. farm, mm. you feed you get your, your feed. chicken. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You, we don't. There's not this thing where you should be your your chickens roam free and, and you know. They, and even yeah. in Tema, we have a problem with this where you know the shaman yeah, people the, yeah. moved yeah, every morning. I, I haven't seen the, them a while. In a while, though, I must say, it's gone yeah. down. Drive their cattle into Tema Township. Oh, okay. And then you wake up in the morning and you go to your gate, and there's a cow chewing oh, your. Really? Yes, wow. they, okay, they used okay. to do that. Wow. wow. So tell me, why should your cow be um, chewing my front lawn flowers? <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose it sounds callous or whatever, but really, you know, but in reality, it shouldn't be like that. If the times just, have changed. Yeah. You should, if you want to say be a farmer, you're supposed to be able to sustain the farm. Absolutely. It's not should be nobody else's responsibility. And then you're actually going around killing, killing people. people. You know, and, and murdering and t- like burning down villages. This is in Nigeria, burning, mm-hmm. m- shooting people and burning down the village because you say they killed your cat. Well, your cattle destroyed Stay my, my tomato farm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have no right. You don't. Again, this is Africa. We're tied to our land. You don't have land, but times have changed. Mm. Everybody is only entitled to be on the land that they, that they own. own. Yeah, and that yeah. should be there's there's no spe- special special um com- what's this compensation mm. made for for you i don't understand because really know. you're trespassing on somebody else's you are property, trespassing isn't and it? you're you're what is what are you standing on to defend your rights to be your there cats what? Are hungry no exactly that can't be it Mm-mm. somebody was like don't we all eat the meat are you no, okay come on come on <laughs> i'm That's not sorry how things work listen i mean again and i don't mean to sound callous and like i said maybe we need somebody from a full and new community to come and say because i don't understand what you're going to say in mm. particular to defend this issue. And, you know, I'm kind of annoyed that my taxes are going towards that. Mm. But if that's going to curb the issue, mm. then I guess we have to do what we have to do. But I think going forward, maybe there should be some sort of... You can't just have own cows and have nowhere to keep them. Like, I don't... I don't. And again, understand. how sustainable is that? Because imagine you get... you get All of a sudden, you get a lot of Fulani... Um, Headsmen with a lot of cattle. How's that going to be sustainable? Exactly. Getting a ranch for all of them. How is exactly. That? And whose land are you going to take to do that? Exactly. So government has to give you land to go to to, and then so know. when you sell know. the cows, do you pay us back? No, I bet no. There not. has. I think there has to be a no. Honestly, there, there should be a. I don't. I, I can't think of anything now. But there has to be a better way of 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 solving this. I mean, it's cooled tensions and everything, which is good. But in the long run. I don't know how sustainable because it is. three thousand cattle isn't that much. That's the capacity of that that particular ranch. Hmm. That that's that could I mean that's not a lot. I mean I don't know how much cattle we have in this country, but I don't think that one or two or even three or four or five ranches in the long run is going to fix. Yeah, that. It, it won't. It won't. And especially I guess if they see that okay, there's there's an attempt or there there is there the provisions have been made to accommodate this cattle, then it's like, okay, I don't really need to think about how I'm gonna feed my head. There's gonna be some yes, I can, uh, yeah, you know, I just mm, get the cattle and then what no. what's the meaning of that? Hopefully maybe? this is just a short term solution and something big uh, the bigger picture is being looked at because mm, I don't know. It's just like again, and then this is a completely different mm. case, but in Tema here, if we go to community one at a certain time, mm. people have parked eighteen wheeler trucks just about Mm. everywhere double parked on the side just any old where and again if you you buy your truck you use it but you don't feel responsible to find a place to find mm, a place mm. to put it we don't we have lorry parks or whatever or you should before you buy a truck you should know where you're parking it and it shouldn't be in front of in front, such that you can't even see where you're already. We don't have street lights. You, you know, you're not careful. You just go run into that truck. It's just, you know. It's. I mean, it's what, what what's the meaning of that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Is this my middle class privilege? I don't know. But no. But, I think this is ridiculous. I do. And 
it's not okay. And if you maybe somebody can Explain in the comments can can give me some kind of you know convince me of otherwise because at the moment nah. If it's like I said, if it's a short term solution, okay, maybe they maybe they're thinking of doing something else. I, I hope so anyway. But hmm, the law it won't it won't it won't hold. Yeah. In the long term, before you buy any cattle, we you need to okay. Where are you gonna keep this? How are you gonna feed it? Because if your solution is go and eat somebody's corn farm, that can't fly. Like, come on. Yeah, because everybody else who has pig farm, goat, whatever, they make sure Chicken, that they have Yes, yeah. you have to have you get your land first. The first thing you get is mm-hmm. your land. Mm-hmm. And yes, cows require more land because they eat, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's why you do rotational grazing or whatever it is. You have to get the land. So you go in with a bunch of cattle farmers and you guys contribute and buy land. It's not my problem. Mm. I, I, didn't, I really didn't think of it th- this way, that actually, yeah, I mean, everybody else is taking care of their lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. So, exactly. yeah, so that's, that's a good one. Anyway, so that's my... <laughs> in the news. <laughs> that's my in the news. <laughs> All right. So in my in the news, <clears throat> it's also about farmers and things, surprisingly. Mm. So two farmers have been jailed for illegally farming in a forest reserve and for destroying 42,000 timber seedlings for a maize farm. 42,000? Yeah. seedlings, yeah. So after they served prison term, one of the farmers is supposed to go back and then replant the, mm-hmm. the, the things that he's destroyed. And then it was directed that the maize they, they, they planted should be disposed of. And for me, this was like, a, okay, right, okay. It seemed like a, a punishment, mm-hmm. which is reasonable. pretty yeah, reasonable. Right. What's, what's even better was that the Forest Services Division in Sunyani has donated the maize to the Sunyani prisons. Which I thought it was great. Like, uh, for yeah. me, it was just a, a positive headline. Well, oh somebody God, went to jail. Where is this going? But, you know... Uh, <laughs> going to be disappointed. In oh, no, no, I don't think you are. But I ah. thought, like, this is, this, is, this is great, you know. Because we've talked about the appalling conditions in, in prisons, prison, how yeah. they don't have enough food. So this is a, a step in the right direction. And also, it made me happy because the, the headline didn't say, oh, illegal maize sold on the market, blah, blah, blah. It's been given to, a, a, yeah, like a cost which is, is worthy. But the fact remains that a lot of food surpluses don't always get to the ones who need them the mm. most. The, if, every year you hear the story, there's a plantain, glad plantain is lying somewhere, there's a watermelon, tomato, tomato. you see them on the sides of the road. And a report from 2017 by Chefs for Change revealed that over 45% of food goes uneaten and ends up rotting in landfills. <laughs> and it is the single largest component of Ghana's solid waste. This shouldn't happen. In actual food? Yes. Wow. I didn't... Because people are I was starving. Surprised. Like, people, that's exactly the point. That people are starving. Why does food have to go to waste? Half of it? That's terrible. That's terrible. You know, I mean, there's so many families that don't have enough food. And then the prices of the goods are so exorbitant. Meanwhile, they're... It's ridiculous. Ex- no. And especially, and then the, the fact is, a lot of the time, the fact is that the food is there. They may be able to get it into the cities, but the roads are bad. And it's mm-hmm. just not going to be worth their time. The transportation that they have to pay, the bad roads, are probably going to take forever to get to their destination. And in Asin Fosu, for example, farmers who are predominantly cocoa farmers use plantain as a supporting crop. And they've recognized that year in, year out, after they've harvested, after the plantain is grown, it, it ends up being in excess. So they have asked that a, a, um, a factory is established so they can add value. Again, that's, for me, that's mm-hmm. great news. They're thinking about what we can do with the surplus. And I think maybe it's, it's, time we need, it's time that we figure out a way to be cutting these surpluses to institutions or families who need them. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a bit of reading back and forth. And then I said, and then I realized that actually this is already being done. So there's a gentleman who is to be commended. He's called Elijah Amuado. And he was working at a restaurant at some point. And when he saw a homeless man looking through the dumpster for food for for his friend or something. And then he eventually started doing some research. He went, underwent some training. And then he set up Food for All Africa. Oh, wow. Yes. I saw this thing and I was like, the oh, first this is wonderful amazing. story. Like- I know. He set it up in 2012. And it, it's, it's, it's basically a food bank, a community food mm-hmm. bank in Ghana. So they distri- redistribute surplus food from restaurants. And they work with rural farmers as well to connect produce. 
They work with manufacturers, importers, farmers, and hotels. And I That's said, oh, this beautiful. is great. This is I'm, what I need. I, need I know. Much more I know. And I remember we talked about this at some point. You remember? Yeah. And we're saying that, oh, we don't know where the food from the hotels goes mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So when I saw this, I said, this is great. First of all, the fact that they, uh, these people, the people, the, the illegal maids were sent to the prisoners, which is great, yeah. great, great. And the fact that this guy actually realized, well, there is a problem. There's a lot of food being wasted and it can go to people who actually need it, you know. So for me, this was a headline that made me so, so happy. Yes. Something is actually being done. I'm just done. like, I was just waiting for the other no, shoe to no, drop. And I'm no, just like, no, oh no, no. This, this is time, an said, this all is good story. Amazing, amazing. And I wish actually also that the, the government will also pick it up. I know this guy. Yeah, we should have heard. I should have heard of this person. I've, I've never heard about him. But then the good thing is that he's in partnership with the Food and Beverage Association of Ghana, mm. Quatsons, Maxmart, Food and Drugs Authority, Ghana Standards Authority, Ministry of Food and Agriculture, and a host of others. So I guess in a way he is mm-hmm. he is um, interacting with all interacting with government exactly. I so see. this is my in the news. I think it's great, great, Wonderful. great. If you can check it out, food for or Africa, Africa? Food, food for, for Africa, mm. food for I think food for. Food for All Africa, exactly. Mm-hmm. They have a website. I checked it out this morning. Check it out. See what you can do. If you have, if you're a company or an organization that has excess food and maybe you don't know what to do with it, maybe contact mm-hmm. them. They See will what know they what can. to do. You know, so that's, for me, that was amazing. It was just Wonderful. really made me happy. Amazing. That some, Honestly. This, you know, that's really some positive, positive news. You know? So this is, this is great. Lovely. Thumbs up to Elijah. Yes. Adu. Yeah, good, good Kudos work. to you, sir. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, songs, uh, songs of, of the, the week. week. Okay. <laughs> so, I went through a phase where <laughs> <laughs> I had this Latin lover, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, Pedro. So, <laughs> Pedro? David. David. Oh. So, um, I used to go to, he's from El Salvador, so I would go to a lot of parties and gatherings and stuff like that. And um, I want, they, they would always be this song that would come on and it was my jam mm-hmm. of jams. So I was going through my old music and I came upon it. I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to talk about that this mm-hmm. week. So my first song recommendation is called Komoyo, which means how I or how much I. And the artist is called Juan Luis Guerra. And uh, so, yeah, Juan Luis, is, he's actually quite, he's famous in Latin America. He's sold over 30 million records. He has 18 Latin Grammys, three regular Grammys. Yeah, he's one of the most recognized artists, basically, of all time in, the, in Latin America. And his genre of music is usually a combination of salsa, bachata, merengue, sometimes jazz. And Como Yo is off his 2007 album, which also won a Grammy. I think it won three Grammys or something. Like, he just gathers the Grammys up. And the album is called La Llave de Mi Corazón. That means the key to my heart. <laughs> them days, man. <laughs> it's like living in a telenovela. Is it? Like, what is oh, it? I've never met a more dramatic human being in my entire life. Before or since. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so first song is and it's just really like honestly it's my jam for a reason when you hear it you just have to start moving <laughs> so yeah first song Como Yo by Juan Luis Guerra the second song now is one that I feel like old heads in Ghana will recognize and it's a song called Zibote by Ernesto JJ. Oh yes, I uh-huh. know that song. If you're of a certain age, you know that song. Every, yeah, they will play on GTV and hey. You don't know what they're even saying, but it was so good. Zibote. Zibote, okay. So, um, so and I went, to, so Zibote means something like boogie, like get down, dance, yeah. So Ernesto JJ is an Ivorian musician, and he, in his youth, he went and studied in France, and then he moved back to the Ivory Coast in 1972 and formed a band called Les Ziglibitiens, and created a unique style of music that he called Ziglibiti, 
um, which combined his native Bete, he's from the Bete tribe in Ivory Coast, so native Bete music with Congolese rhythm. And um, yes, and so Zigbote is off his 1977 album called Le Voix de Ziglibiti. So, and unfortunately, which I didn't know, um, Ernesto died at the tender age of 35 from complications due to an ulcer, but some people actually think he was poisoned, which is kind of sad, a whole life cut so short. But yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely check out this song if you haven't heard it before. Zigote by Ernesto Jeje. And then the final song, I decided to stay on the general theme. We're bringing it back to Ghana now. And my third song is High Life in G Major. Again, if you're of a certain age. G man? Exactly, by G man. I know this, I know this G man. So, for anyone who doesn't know G man, his name is Nana Kwesi Ajiman. And he rose to fame in the 80s. for being dubbed, he was Ghana's, Ghana's Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yes. Ghana's, Ghana's Michael Jackson, Absolutely. yo. Absolutely. And literally, for these ones, you need to check out the videos. You need to get yes, the accompanying the visuals video. for the yeah. full effect. To know what you're um, So, yeah, he rose to fame in the early 80s. Um, actually, as a dancer, he won the National Dance Championships three consecutive times, 1980, 81, and 82. And he was a very talented singer, artist, and multi-instrumentalist. He could play the drums, he played the piano, he played the guitar. And um, he had, you know, a string of hits, both in Ghana, and I think he was in New York, and in Germany. He was like a your quintessential boga. When they say boga, yeah. And his brand of music is called Boga High Life, that era of high life anyway. So yeah, High Life in G Major, which is arguably his biggest hit, came out in 1986. And of course, unfortunately, his life took a sharp downward turn uh, when he got convicted for yes, convicted for life imprisonment for the 1995 shooting and murder of a taxi driver that he was arguing with at the time. And he received a presidential pardon 14 years later. And um, his, apparently his time in prison really impacted him, he found God, and he's now a pastor and internet radio host in Texas known as Pastor G-Love. Right. And he's also a cousin. Oh, he is? Yes. He's from Latte. Okay, right. He's from Latte, Kinasi, and yeah, Kobasi, and yeah. No, we actually know his father. Like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. his cousin, I call her auntie, like, we're, mm. we're kind of... Related. So, and that was exciting until he went to prison. I, like, I guess I can stop talking about oh. that. No, but shout outs to G Man. Yeah. But shout outs to you. He and, was um, great. Uh, he was so, yeah, going over the three songs again Como Yo by Juan Luis Guerra, Zibote by Ernesto JJ, and High Life in G Major by G Man. Okay, great, great. Right. Just took me all the way back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to this week, I have only two songs for you. The first one is from an artist called Namika. Namika? Namika? I don't know. Mm. And the song is called Je ne parle pas français. But the song is actually, she's actually um, German with Moroccan roots. So the song is oh, German, okay. but at some point there's a French. French in it. And the song is off the album called Kewalu. And that is in this is a language called or a dialect called Tamazu, and it's a dialect spoken by the Berber people of Northern Africa. So she sings, she raps, she's amazing. And the song Je ne Je ne Papa Francais is from her second album Kewalu, 2018. And uh, Kewalu sort of translates to sort of just like that or something with no effort. And in the song, she talks about how someone is speaking French with her and she doesn't understand it, but then it sounds so lovely. So the person should just go on. It's obviously in German, so you might not understand it, but it's a beautiful song all the same. And the second song that I have for you is Johnny Drill featuring Simi, and the song is called Hallelujah. Have I heard that? Probably have heard it. Mm. Johnny Drill's real name is John Idaro, he's Nigerian. And his style of music is sort of alternative. He started singing in his dad's church, and was he did compose a couple of songs, but was mainly unnoticed. He was a contestant on MTN Fame. 
He called attention of Don Jazzy at some point after he released a cover version of a song by DJ. And following that, a couple, I think a couple of years later, he's now a Ravens So the song is also a beautiful, yeah, no, beautiful song, Johnny Drill featuring Now the first time I heard that song, I thought he was, I didn't think he was African. It sounded to me, it sounded a bit, I don't know how to say it. It didn't sound like something typically, typically African. But beautiful song, you should check it out. So two songs, Je ne parle pas français from Namika and uh, Hallelujah from Johnny Drill featuring Simi. Wonderful. We have a yep. very um, African world music playlist. Yes. Which is it's recommendation. <laughs> yeah. All right, so off we go into what the F. <clears throat> okay, so um, Sister Black China was oh. in Lagos over the weekend in her official duties as the new face of Whitenicious. Is it Whitenicious? Yes. Mm. Or Whitelicious. Whitenicious. Which is exactly what it sounds like. A bleaching cream. Just makes me want to barf. <sighs> now, the company is owned by a Nigerian Cameroonian supposed singer mm-hmm. called Dancia, who... Mm. Manages to live in LA, date various footballers, and go to the Grammys. I'll never, it, it never ceases to confound me how she ends up on every Grammy red carpet. I think she's a seat filler, because that is a thing. They get pay people okay, to just to, mm. literally sit in the seats. Okay. Um, and Dencia herself is Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, <laughs> so that's one what the F oh right there. Goodness. And she had a beautiful skin, t- as most women always mm. do before they start she's bleaching. bleaching yeah. They have gorgeous skin to begin with and they want to be out here looking like corpses but Mm -hmm. that's not my business so anyway so that's one level of what the effery um the second level of what the effery is that in 2018 people are still buying and selling bleaching cream why which is supposed to be banned in nigeria i'm pretty sure they made a statement just like we have here Mm. a couple of years ago they're like banning the importation but Bleaching cream is still being it's sold. sold. It's, it's still, still available. If you, if you need it, you, I'm sure you'll you can find get it. about 15 different options. Mm. Now, and the th- another aspect of the, what the effery is that Black China is this bold, shameless, and money hungry that she can't find anything better to do with herself than be the, the face of a bleaching cream and then go and promote it in Nigeria. Like, what? I mean, yes, I know that she's mostly known for being a stripper or mm. with, you know, a cement-filled ass or whatever. Mm. But <laughs> that's not the point. I mean, she can have standards, too. Mm. Being a stripper doesn't mean you have no ethics and morals. And this is so ridiculously unethical. Like, it's poison. And in the tropics here, way. where the sun Some and is- the UV rays are so intense, that's why we have all this beautiful melanin. We need it. And without it, you're going to get skin cancer. And these things contain carcinogenics to begin with. People are not so you, yours is like double cancer. They're not listening. One, you're getting skin cancer because of UV destroying your skin cell. And then you're also helping. You're going to be what? light, 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 so, light, brown. Anyway, all the, I must inject here that this is the first time I'm hoping somebody isn't listening because Black China's sister is actually a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to her wedding friend. I know her dad. So, I know Black China's dad. He's cute. Mm. That's why he has 10 children. He's a hot mess of a human being. He has, like, (laughs) 10 children. Mm. Some are the same age. There are different pockets of kids all over the place. So, the ones that were in the D.C. area, yes. I know there's three of them there, yeah. Her... Her, her brother and mm. then a sister with a different dad in just that same zone. Maybe we should tell her sister to tell, to, to look, tell her I'm sister I'm sure that, at the end of the on, day like I'm sure this even they it. are just like look this girl is ratchet I don't even know her like that I mean so we have to call her so yeah Erica if you're listening my bad but your sister is wiling in these streets <laughs> and we have to we have to get her together uh-huh. um people still bleaching so this yeah I mean age? again beyond oh. that so that's Multiple levels of what the effery, and then a curious thing occurred. So a lot of people, a lot of people in Nigeria seem to be extremely upset about this. Now, yeah, fair enough. Because, for example, Burner Boy tweeted, mm. "Please don't come and sell your poison in my country." I'm just like, um, <laughs> the poison is already sold in your country. Though, mm. so, to be honest, like. Uh, Nigeria is probably, or if not, Africa is definitely Africa's biggest market for bleaching, for bleaching cream. Yeah. And 
a lot of so-called entrepreneurs are only rich from selling bleaching cream. Can you imagine? Even flipping Bob Risky claims to make bleaching cream and claims to always be sold out because he looks like Casper. And apparently this is something that's appealing and cute to y'all. Bob Risky is out here making money off of bleaching cream in 2018. And the funny thing is that people are buying. If it's sold out, it it means that people are buying. And so don't, like, yeah, if you want to blame someone, it's really not black China you should be blaming. Yeah, she's whack, whack for agreeing to be the face of the thing. But she's not even the company owner. She's just, like, what, promoting it? But it's, I mean, it's not Black China, the one going to create bleaching issues Mm. in Nigeria. Those issues pre-exist. And she is taking the product where the demand is extremely high. So if we want to talk about something, we need to address why the the demand and use mm. of bleaching cream is still so exorbitantly high. I mean, when you've got people making comments like, oh, that's for you Ghanaians, you're so black. If you go on Twitter, anytime you read something that's talking about, eh, you black people, so black. It is all, I'm sorry, 99% of the time, it is a Nigerian person insulting other Africans using their skin tone as the basis of the so-called joke. It's not funny. I don't see anything funny. I'm dark. Yes, so what? How is yeah, that funny? Yeah, what, what is... And then, and then you turn around and then you're angry at Black China. You be, be angry at yourselves, really. I mean, to be very honest. This is weird. It's just weird. So I don't know. Is it one of those things that I can insult my friend, but if you insult my friend, we'll beat you away. I guess. I guess. We can sell bleaching cream here, but you can't come and sell your sell bleaching it, yeah. cream. Is that, is that probably, logical? Probably. Probably to them. To them must be. Now, I mean, again, if we're looking for someone to blame, we can blame the media. But who is the media? Is this the regular people hmm. who still perpetuate the notion that light skin is equivalent to beauty? We yeah. see it all the time. And the all adverts, the music, music yeah. videos, all the adverts, yep. all the celebrities, wives, all the actors. They're always light skin. All the... Big or guys, wives, everybody—they're always light skin. And and the minute they start in the industry, by the time ten years passes, they're complete—they're biracial now. Somehow mm. they've gone from mm. purely African to biracial because they just start bleaching immediately. It's terrible. It's just a terrible thing. So we need to be mad about it now. Again, as my cousin is a professor of Black Studies, and she tells me all the time, "Do never you don't talk about things and avoid." Mm. So I have to say here that it's not lost on me that our colorism issues are just yet another symptom of our post-colonial hangover. I know that this is Whitey's fault, but Whitey is long gone, kind of. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, kind Kind of. of. Mm. And it's up to us. They're not going to come and fix our issues for it. It's up to us to to learn to what is it? Unlearn these things, mm. this proximity to whiteness being appealing, and appreciate the beauty that we have here. Like, even this whole Sister Derby and whatever, and mm, fella. fella issue, there's been so much colorism there, like, oh, so he left this nice for this black. What to was the meaning? Know. I mean, yeah, Fela McCaffrey is mad, but at the moment, <laughs> for just embroiling herself in this. But let's not act like she's not a stunning woman Ooh, just because mm. she's dark. Hello, have you seen her? She's. Flipping gorgeous. So is Deborah, but it's not because she's light. She's cute. If she, you're cute, you're cute. cute. It's End not because story, you're yeah. light or mm. not light. Like I, It's sickening that we keep repeating this thing. And, and this whitening cream, so back to that, um, where, are they, where are they being made? I don't know being made in... I think France or something. Or, France. or Ivory Coast. Mm. Somewhere like that. Mm. I don't think... Yeah, I think her production, I think, is France. She says she makes it in France. But you know, you can manufacture for export. Mm. And so, I think, but they should be checked, right? All those, you they can, not checked? Here's the thing. If you produce it there, but you're not, it's not fit so for you to set, sell uh, there, right. you produce it for export. A lot of stuff that's, say, made in the UK, mm. eh, they don't pass the regulation to actually be sold so in there, the UK. But, then, mm. but you can manufacture and export wherever they'll right. accept it, right, you know. Right, right, right. So we need to, it's like, again, we're, it's about to be 2019. We're still and we're talking still about bleaching. bleaching. We're still wow. thinking. Um, I went on, do you know Macari de Swiss? No. Okay, so Macari is one of the, like, luxury bleaching creams or whatever okay. it is. And then I just saw online the other day as I was minding my business that they have a baby line. <gasps> I couldn't even bring myself to investigate. Like, I just had to, I literally had to close my laptop. I'm like, do you know what? I don't want to know. Baby, so now we're do- 
Look. I know people are taking pills as well to bleach. They're taking like yes. oral, you know, oral pills too. But too. now you can't leave your baby alone. Your baby has to have glowing. Oh. It's a baby. The skin is going to be glowing anyway. Oh, you don't need anything except a bit of coconut oil, organic shea oh. butter or something. Makari de Swiss for your baby. Terrible. Listen, we need to get serious. And the Food and Drugs Administration or whoever is... need to clamp down on need these need to things. seriously clamp down. If they come and you have bleaching products in your shop... Shut they, it down. They <laughs> shut you down. Clear out your stock and burn, burn it, it. And you yeah. don't get to open a store for a good little while. Because clearly, you're out here trying to poison the community. We have to do better. And don't we have other things to do than to be bleaching Thank our skin. you. And in your home, you need to encourage your children. You need to... It, it starts at home in the school. All these jokes about darkness. We need to be called out. You it's know, we right. always act like everything is a joke. But jokes set the tone. If Absolutely. it's a joke, that means it's acceptable. And he, exactly, especially when you don't do anything about it. Then yes. it stands and it's okay, that's that's fine. And I then we this. laugh and then it's, we're doing it. We're no, laughing and doing no, it. It has to, no. I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but no, it's, it's fine. These topics really get my go. I can't stand it. And there's so much of it going on. Anyway, that's it's terrible. My what the yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It's just ridiculous. Like in 2018, people are still bleaching up on all the education on like, <sighs> bleaching is not good for your skin or give you cancer or give you melanin, or make it thinner. People are not listening. Exactly, and your skin will literally rip apart. You go and get a cut, and your cut will never heal because your skin is so thin. And then they, you and you know that they all look like monsters mm. later on anyway. You and know apparently it. There, there's some smell to them. That's yes, what I hear. I hear there's this um, funky. What is the thing? It's not quinine. Something Hy- that's in hydroquinone. Mm. When you stand beside some, and then they be sweating in the sun, mm. and you can, ugh, it's a hear... pungent smell. It's very distinct. It's like bleach. Mm-mm. It's not like bleach. Kind oh. of like bleach. Can Imagine somebody doused themselves in bleach and can stand, <sighs> and then tried to. I mask it with perfume. Oh, oh my this goodness. is disgusting, actually. Oh, my goodness. So please stop. Please, please stop I'm going bleaching. to stop feeling pity for anybody I see bleaching now. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm going to move past, oh, your mind is arrested mm, and you've been indoctrinated. Mm. I'll just call you a fool. And, and when you come and ask for a GoFundMe to get no cancer way. treatment, I'll laugh in your comments. Like, stop it. It's, it's too much. I'm sorry. It's time. There's enough knowledge about it and why it's not necessary for people to still be doing it. I'm, and if I'm, you're not sure, there's always YouTube. You can't tell me that today that uh, you didn't know that it was going to happen to you. There's, there's enough resources online for you to find out what bleaching does to you, to be honest. We're tired of talking. We keep talking about the same the things same all the time. Things and nothing ever changes. And I'm having a bad day, as I was mm. telling Eddie before. Like, mm-hmm. something is really bugging me. So these, uh, everything is just hyper, I don't know, I'm hypersensitive today. I'm sorry, guys. But yeah, yeah. moving on. Okay, then it's good that my what the F is a bit on a lighter note. (laughs) (laughs) So in today's what the F, Amanda Liberty, a woman from Leeds in the UK, gets engaged. Obviously, that's not a what the F in itself, right? But usually when you think about people getting engaged, you think about people getting engaged to other human beings. Uh Oh, Oh, but not Amanda. (laughs) Now, Amanda identifies as objectum sexual. So she's she's attracted to objects. To things. Yes. Mm. And she's engaged to a chandelier. Oh, I saw that. You did. In all fairness, it's a lovely chandelier. It's beautiful. (laughs) I must say. I must say. So she saw this chandelier on eBay, on eBay Germany, and had it imported into the UK. She says it was love at first sight mm. and even has a tattoo of her now fiancé Lumiere. <laughs> no. <laughs> she also says that she's in an open relationship with, with Lumiere. Lumiere. Mm. Uh, so Amanda's very romantic, so she proposed to Lumiere on Valentine's Day. No, uh-huh. very, very romantic. Exactly. Know? And she also says that, oh, Lumiere really doesn't like things, but as for the tattoo that she got of him, yeah. He really one, liked yeah, it. Yeah, she, she liked this. It was great. <laughs> Now, Miss Liberty is obviously a bit of an odd one. She's fallen in love with the drum kit, the Statue of Liberty, and she has a 25 chandelier collection. So how did this chandelier stand above all the other chandeliers I to win know. her heart? It must have been something. It was just, she just saw something and there was a spark and like, oh my God, this is the chandelier for me. But Amanda is a bit of a weird one because even though she's engaged to Lumiere, she spends her night cuddled up with a jewel. Who is another chandelier? Oh, she's cheating, 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 cheating on me! Yeah. What the hell? How do you do that? Cheating on your fiance? You know, all the effort, all the effort, and then you go lie with the jewel. What Shame on you, Amanda Liberty! <laughs> I was riding for you, you know. But then, all chandeliers matter. But 
<laughs> you are here foul, okay? Huh? Lay with jewel and stuff. No, you have man. a harem, 25, <laughs> 25 years. Okay, you're a pimp. <laughs> yeah, but all jokes aside, they're actually the people who are attracted to objects. No, it's there a was thing. a guy that married his car, yes. and he said he has sex with it yeah, and everything. It's actually a thing. It is a thing. I don't know whether it's a mental thing or it's just people or just it's being It's like weird. girls are bread thing. I guess. Girls right. and boys are bread, because mm. that was a guy who married mm. his car. They're just tired of human beings. Like, hey, let me, Look, let me my just car is never going to let me down. Yeah, he's not going to talk back Lumiere to me. Lumiere is always going to lighten my life up. You know what I mean? Always going to be beautiful, not talk too much, not ask me where I'm going. <laughs> when not I'm coming back. When I'm coming. You know what? There's something to be said for it. I guess. I mean, to each his own. They're not really hurting anyway. What That's what they're the happening. Chinese lady... I feel like there was a what the F you had some Chinese lady really? married a was it a mannequin or something I can't remember oh, I feel I don't like it was something either. else so so that's my what the F really peeps yeah Amanda Amanda uh, attracted so can to is there a legal precedent can you I'm sure you can't I legally so. marry no I don't think so so I they're in a spiritual so. union okay I, <laughs> I guess you could it. say I that you could say that yeah so I really mean, to each his own congratulations to the happy couple if man. that's what you want yeah go ahead with your life so, that's it that's my one there. <laughs> okay, so coming to the end of the episode, we have two passwords, and my two passwords today is on conversational narcissism. And I stumble over that word, so please bear with me in case I well. All right. <laughs> So in layman's terms, conversational narcissism is when people tend to steer the conversation away from the person they're talking to and towards themselves oh boy. in social situations. And it's often subtle and unconscious, mm. according to sociologist Charles Derber. Me, 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 and me, I was me, like, me, ooh, me. is this my sub? Because <laughs> I feel like I've been guilty of conversational narcissism before. I do. I'm mm. just like, oh well, I my haven't, God. I haven't experienced so, it. So. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now, I... Um, and so there was an example given about um, a lady who was grieving the loss of her father. Mm-hmm. And her friend was trying to comfort her and did so by telling her that, you know, she personally never knew her dad at mm. all. So, you know, and so, like, she can she can cherish the memories she had with her father mm. knowing that some people you- never had the opportunity to have those memories in the first place. Yeah. Now, something like this, again, the intent there and the intent with a lot of people is not necessarily malicious, but it's to commiserate with the person, to be empathetic, to let them know that you at least understand or sympathize with their pain because you've either been there before or are currently in that space. So they can't, they shouldn't feel alone. Right. However, in most cases, the unwitting effect is that you center yourself in yeah. that conversation at the person's expense. expense absolutely. Mm. So um, there are two responses in conversations. One being a shift response, which ends up as conversational narcissism. Mm-hmm. And the other preferred method would be the support response. So right. I'm going to give examples mm-hmm. or an example. I like this. Scenario one, you're talking to somebody and they say, I need new shoes. Mm-hmm. A shift response would be to say, me too, man. My shoes are all busted. So this is where I'm... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but I do this too, actually. conversational narcissist. <laughs> I lied. Now, the better support response <laughs> to the statement to, would be to ask, oh, what's happened to your shoes? Mm. Or what kind of shoes are you thinking of getting? Mm-hmm. Or where do you think you're getting... Where are you planning to get them from? Right. The idea is to allow the person mm. to get their complete thoughts out, and complete yeah. expressions out. Right. Now, I was thinking about this and I'm like, mm, in fact, no, I don't like, yeah, we've done that. But I think I'm not sure conversations are that binary. Right. Mm. But I feel like if you were to say, I need you shoes, I would say, girl, yeah, me too. Yeah, but, but I would also be like, oh, where so gonna, yeah. where are you going to get them from? Yeah. What kind of shoes, shoes are you thinking of yeah, getting? Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like maybe 
it's a give and take. Like at any moment, one person has the floor in the conversation, but you just hand it and back mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that the other person also gets their moment. Yeah. And I think that's I, I think how so. it goes. I'm not sure it's, but maybe. But here's the thing: the two passwords today is literally about being aware that conversational narcissism exists, exists. being aware mm. that you might possibly be one, mm. and just be aware that. If you are steering the conversation to yourself at any given time, make sure you steer it back, back in their the, direction mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. give the person you're talking to the opportunity to also say right. what they want to say. Yeah. So I'm just praying to God nobody thinks I'm a conversational narcissist. But mm. if you are out there, please understand that my intent was it's to commiserate. Because not... I'm always so when everyone's like, it's hot. So I'm like, yeah, girl, yeah, it's, it's so hot. hot. But oh, I couldn't even sleep. I but then I think, I don't know, I guess that's kind of how we do things around here. Yeah, we do. We respond to stuff with, hmm, you should have seen me the other days. <laughs> no, that is true. That is so true. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe we're just a bunch of conversational narcissists, but I don't know. I don't know. Just be aware and hand the conversation back. Don't mm. hoard it. That I guess that's my advice. That, that's that's actually great advice. <laughs> I mean, it will make you think. You know, mm-hmm. when somebody is talking to me, am I really just? Is it just me, 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 exactly. me? Oh, you know, mm, that's a good one. So yeah. Oh, that's pretty short. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> oh, mine sweet. is a bit longer today. <laughs> so my two pesos today is on alexithymia. Ish. Hmm. So over the course of the week, I had a conversation with someone and the topic of alexithymia came up. So I thought, why not share this with the 2P fam? Again, I have to issue a disclaimer. I'm not here to give you clinical advice or medical or professional advice. I'm not qualified for these purposes. (laughs) However, I would love to share what I found on alexithymia with you people. Now, alexithymia is derived from Greek and quite literally means having no words for emotions. Mm. So, alexithymia is an emotion processing condition that leads to difficulties recognizing or reacting to emotions both in oneself or in others. Okay. Or the, the inability to successfully deal with emotional regulation. Mm. Alexithymia, pretty simple. Now, one of the defining characteristics is that people who have alexithymia, they struggle with naming or noticing or reacting to emotions, which leads to problems with empathy. Peter just talked about Uh empathy. We've talked about empathy here before. And these people struggle in relationships with spouses, friends, family. They struggle with conflict resolution. They avoid conflicts because they cannot process and recognize the effects of their words and the effects that their actions have on, other, on others. Mm-hmm. So, and individuals with alexithymia may exhibit philophobia, so the fear of being in a relationship, in, the fear of being in love, mm-hmm. sort of, yeah. And they avoid emotionally close relationships. And... Even when they are in relationships, they, they tend to position themselves as dominant or dependent or as impersonal, or their relationship tends to be quite superficial. Mm. Now, there are two main types of alexithymia, the state and the straight. And whereas state alexithymia has specific cause and is temporary, it's usually caused by experiencing a traumatic event, for example. Oh, I see. Trait alexithymia is believed to be characteristic inherent in a person's personality, so genetics, it's inborn, or during early childhood development. Some of the symptoms of alexithymia, difficulty in expressing feelings, lack of impulse control, uh, limited imagination, which was quite Mm. interesting, unawareness of what is happening in their own mind, a very concrete way of thinking, constricted style of thinking, and even difficulty in recognizing facial clues. Now, Technically, it's not a, a clinical diagnosis, but rather... Okay, because I was like, mm, this sounds like sociopathy, kind mm, of. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, but it's rather a personality construct, so useful for characterizing people who don't understand what they feel. Mm. And this construct of alexithymia was first introduced in the 1970s. And about 40 years after, there's evidence that, that supports a connection between this affect regulation and poor physical and mental health. Mm. Alexithymia is recognized as a non-specific risk factor for many physical diseases, such as breast cancer, chronic Eesh. pain syndrome. I know that this, I did so much research on this. I was just amazed that there's so many things. Sometimes we see human beings 
and we don't understand them. But and why you know can't how they always say that your emotions can actually make you physically ill. Ew. They can. I remember sometime last week, last year, I was going through some. My face was terrible. I was hmm. breaking out in spot. I was stressed. I was anxious. Like these things happen. Yeah. And so I, there was a story on a guy who had alexithymia. This guy called Stephen. He's been married twice. But then he said he recalls that he never had any happy memories, that he puts he put up a smile because that was that is what was expected of him. Mm-hmm. But there was no emotional response to anything. He had just had to learn how to fake it. And uh, apart from not being able to show happiness, he wasn't able to show excitement, shame, disgust, anticipation, love, nothing. He was only to, able to express fear and anger. And usually, like you said, these signs are usually associated with autism or psychopathy, mm-hmm. but he has neither. So what he actually has is alexithymia. And uh, uh, his second marriage didn't last either. And he, he found out that on a professional le- level, he's able to, have, um, he's able to manage well. Mm-hmm. But then when it turns to personal relationships, right. it doesn't help. He's tried to commit suicide. Oh, my goodness. And it turns out that when he was younger, his mother intentionally set fire on their house with him and his siblings in it. Oh, so good. that was so possible. Trauma, triggering, traumatizing, Absolutely. trauma event. And that's probably what caused alexithymia. So that's a little bit on alexithymia that I wanted to share with you. You might know somebody who's suffering under alexithymia. They're not able to express emotions. And instead of just writing them off, maybe have a thing that maybe this person actually, there's something that mm-hmm. is wrong with this person. The person needs help. The person's really not able to express their emotions, not because they don't want to, but because they have they this can't. condition. You know, they can't. Yeah. Whoosh. So that's 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 what I want to talk about. Alexithymia. Look it up. It's it's an interesting topic. There are it lots is. of it's lots of papers. I've never heard of it. Even, I so. know the research papers on it. I found it very very interesting, very expansive. But I could only put in so much. Mm-hmm. And that's my two pesos. Wonderful. To be the two p this week has been. It's like take a pen and paper and <laughs> write their like, notes. Write your notes. Okay. Do you have any shout outs? I, I don't. have one shout out. Okay. To uh, and I hope. Mom, play this for him. This is to Asay, mm. my sweet little friend's son, who is about three, the four-year-old. Four year old. Oh, yes. Um, he asked his mom. He was, I, she was playing the, um, she was playing one of the episodes in the show. So thank you, Jacinta. Thank you. And he asked her if she had subscribed because he listened mm. to the end bit where mm. Eddie is like, "Make sure you subscribe." And he's oh like, "Make sure, make sure you subscribe, mom." And she oh, said, "Why?" He's so like, "Cause." I like it. So, oh. <laughs> shout out to you, SA. Thank yes, you. I <laughs> right. Okay. And so that's, that's it. it. Yeah. So, we'll see you all next, next week. week. All right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description. 